I think what we'll see is, even if we get more t- uh, more cases coming through, what will really be the uh, the interesting thing is, is can they test more people to get a sense of what is the absolute danger of uh, cat- uh, contracting the virus on the one hand and potentially uh, being uh, acutely impacted by it. So I think over the next month or so, we're going to see more, um, probably more peak news in terms of uh, cases. But uh, in, in an ironic way, that could actually stabilise the market because then people say that, you know, the spread is inevitable, but it actually uh, is going to have less of an impact on people uh, in, in terms of mortality. And as a result, people will just get on with it. So it's too early to say, but I think we're still in for some pretty rough periods for the next, uh, at least next month. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye out for that then. Thank you very much, Toby. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, Head of Global Markets at Societe Generale Australia. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In Australia right now, those markets, the SX200 is down 1.2%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan off 1%. The Cosby in South Korea also down 1.6%. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to open 1% lower as well in an hour's time. Brent crude oil trading right now $50.21 a barrel. Gold is up at $1,674 an ounce. And that's it for Money Talk this week. Do have a great weekend. Stay tuned for back chats with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings right after the news. The weather forecast, bright periods, one or two rain patches in the morning, maximum temperature of about 21 degrees. And the good news, it's going to be warm in the next couple of days, although slightly cooler midweek. Next week, it's 18 degrees right now, 81% relative humidity. 8.31, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. The Federation of Trade Unions says it hopes the government will soon arrange more chartered flights to bring back Hong Kong people stranded in Hubei. The province has been locked down for more than a month to stem the spread of the coronavirus. Local transportation is also suspended. The government has evacuated 469 people over the past two days and estimate another 3,500 remain. FTU lawmaker Alice Mack says with no local transport in Hubei, the government needs to work out how some of these residents can get to the airport in Wuhan. We have suggested to the government to consider there are some local airports in other cities in Hubei. In fact, they are for the local flights. But we have suggested the government to consider to make use of those airports to send charter flights. Then maybe when you reuse those airports, that will be more convenient for people staying in other cities to go to the airport and to go back to Hong Kong. The oil exporters group OPEC has called for global oil production to be cut by one and a half million barrels a day in response to falling prices caused by the coronavirus outbreak. The planned move is subject to other oil exporting countries such as Russia also joining in. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. Crude oil accounts for more than 90% of transport fuel, so its price has been hit hard by travel restrictions that followed the coronavirus outbreak. OPEC, whose biggest producer is Saudi Arabia, has called for a cut in output to push prices back up. But the organisation only accounts for about a third of global oil production, and it wants a number of other countries, notably Russia, to contribute to the effort. OPEC will seek to persuade that wider group to act at a meeting on Friday. Russia has so far been unwilling to agree. The High Court in London has found that the ruler of Dubai, Sheikh Mohammed Al Maktoum, abducted two of his daughters and carried out a campaign of intimidation against his former wife. Here's the BBC's Frank Gardner. 
This is a quite extraordinary and unusual set of judgments found against the ruler of a close British ally and a friend of the Queen. Sheikh Mohammed al Maktoum has been found in the High Court to have abducted and forcibly returned two of his daughters. He is also found to have orchestrated a campaign of intimidation against his former wife, Princess Hire of Jordan, who had an adulterous affair with her British bodyguard. Sheikh Mohammed appealed unsuccessfully to keep these judgments out of the public domain. In a statement issued afterwards, he said that appeal was made to protect the best interests of his children, that the judgment only told one side of the story, and he asked for the media to respect the privacy of his children in the UK. You're listening to the news on RTHK. And welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh Tewis and your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Welcome back, Danny. Good morning. A few topics for consideration today. We're going to be talking first about the dog with COVID-19. What do we learn from that? What are the implications for pets and for their owners? And then we're discussing discrimination against people who are in quarantine. Is it appropriate to cancel bookings, for example, of people who have come out of quarantine? And then the second half of the programme, between 9 and 9.30, following the High Court ruling on a same-sex couple who applied for public housing, should same-sex married couples be entitled to the same benefits and welfare as other families in Hong Kong? Does that amount to endorsing gay marriage? Does that matter? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk. Or best of all, you can give us a call. And the number is 233-88266, 233-88266, because we'd very much like to hear from you. And once again, our email address is bankchat at rthk.hk. Danny, which we do a few emails first? Yes, uh, yesterday on Backchat, uh, we were discussing the um, Democratic primary uh, Super Tuesday, um, and Mike, who actually uh, called into Backchat, uh, 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 sent an email uh, following up on that. He says, and now there are two. Give me a break. Sanders and Biden, they are the best your party has to offer. The other day, listening to Biden, I thought he was having a stroke. His inability to remember symbol words was very obvious. Mini strokes at his age under massive stress is not uncommon. It took us hours to vote in California. A major democratic state can't get its voting process done and they want to run the country. If you want the USA to turn to communism, vote for Sanders. The self-proclaimed democratic socialist seldom explains how his plans will actually be workable. His main objective seems to be to stop Trump. Why would Americans want to stop someone who is for America first? Strange. Thank you very much, Mike. I think reasonable to assume you're not a Democrat supporter. Okay. <laughs> uh, some more comments uh, from... This is from Facebook. Tom says... Uh, there's an unresolved thread from last year's protest, hasn't been discussed in a while. Chan Tong Kai, who was wanted in, Thailand, in Taiwan for the murder of his pregnant uh, girlfriend, hasn't been discussed in the media for quite a while. Is he still free in, in Hong Kong, uh, asks Tom, uh, who goes on to uh, praise Dr Cowling, I, I, I guess, yesterday. As far as I know, he is still uh, in Hong Kong. Yes, I mean, uh, I was thinking about it the other day. That seems to have gone quiet. Uh, in fact, some of the retrospectives of the protest last year bring up that whole issue. I mean, he did say, he didn't need it. He, he did offer to go, didn't not he? Not only offered to go. They said they were just, it was just going to take a little bit more time, but he still intended to go. But it's been now been many months later. We haven't heard anything from the um, 
priest who was advising him, we, we must assume he's had a change of heart. Mm. Uh, a, an email from uh, Martin. I have to edit this for, for length a, a bit. Martin says, uh, what was left out of yesterday's discussion on the evacuation of Hong Kong residents from Wuhan was a description of the overall complexity of the operation and how professionally it was handled by the Hong Kong and provincial government and all the persons and services involved in the operations. Furthermore, comparison with other countries' evacuation performance would have been helpful to put things in perspective. For instance, the disastrous missteps by Japan in the botched Diamond Princess quarantine and its subsequent evacuation arrangements come to mind, or how the UK handled its evacuations, having very lax and inconsistent safety protocols, or compare the US, where US citizens infected with the virus were transported on the same plane with other evacuees being separated by just a flimsy plastic uh, sheet. And let's not forget the cost of the evacuations. To my knowledge, for Hong Kong residents, the evacuation, mandatory quarantine and all medical tests and treatment are free, paid for by the government, whereas other countries have asked their citizens to sign IOUs and on top charge them fairly large amounts of money. The US seems to top the list for the evacuation costs. Uh, just check the New York Times article on some evacuation or evacuees ordeal when confronted with bills in the thousands of US dollars weeks later. And by the way, not only is the US far behind any country in testing for suspected cases, as pointed out by Dr. Uh, Ding many times, uh, but it, on Twitter, but it seems quite a few cases in the, of in the people in the US also end up having to pay for the COVID nineteen testing themselves. That comes from Martin. Thank you very much indeed for that. Back chat at uh, is our email address. Okay. We're Returning, um, um, moving on on the coronavirus topic, um, we're joined uh, first of all this morning by uh, Dr. Jane Gray, uh, Chief Veterinarian Surgeon at the uh, Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Uh, Dr. Gray, good morning. Dr. Gray, good morning. Good morning. Now, of course, um, the major one of the major uh, topics has come up um, um, over the last day or so is the possibility of pets getting infected with coronavirus. We had um, conflicting reports, uh, haven't we, about whether or not a um, owner has passed on the coronavirus to um, uh, her dog. But that raises the issue both of whether we can transmit um, the coronavirus to uh, our pets and also whether our pets could transmit um, coronavirus to us. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think currently all the evidence points to us, an infected human transmitting the virus to their pets, either directly or via um, contaminated environment. Um, I mean, putting it in perspective, there's only one case in the world of the dog testing a weak positive to the virus at the moment, and it's still not confirmed that the dog is actually infected. Um, further testing is currently underway, including blood tests to detect antibodies to the virus, but it's going to take a while to have conclusive results, and we may actually never get completely conclusive results. Um, as, as regards to the dog transmitting it to people or to other dogs, there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever. And I'm sure we all remember SARS. I was here during SARS, and um, at, that case, at that time, I think there was one dog, two, um, eight cats testing positive for the SARS-CoV virus, but none of these animals developed SARS, and none of them went on to transmit the disease. And all the evidence currently is pointing in exactly the same direction. So you're saying that there is sort of precedent for um, when a disease is um, spreading among the human population for it transmitting, it being transmitted to animals? Yes, but a very, very low precedence when you consider the number of human beings um, uh, being infected. Um, and uh, as I say, the animal isn't actually infected. We don't know for sure yet. Infected is very different than being contagious. Um, the dog has the virus in its body. 
but whether it's actually um, contagious, certainly no evidence that it's contagious or that it can spread the disease to people or to other dogs. And the other important fact is that none of the, previously in SARS, none of the animals got sick. And dogs, this dog is not sick. It's an old dog, but it's not sick with the virus. It doesn't have any respiratory signs whatsoever. But when we say no evidence, I mean, we're still at a very early stage of understanding about this virus. That There are a lot of things that there's no evidence for. I mean, just saying that there's no evidence it can transmit to other animals is, 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 not, is not nearly the same as saying that it can't do that. I mean, when we all know we see dogs on the street. When one dog sees another, they tend to rush up together. They're, if um, viruses can be transmitted from one animal to another, that you can't put a face mask on a dog. I mean, they, they have plenty or, or of... Or can you? If people... People can you? <laughs> I don't think it's going to stay very long if you. Well, no, what's your I opinion, Doctor yeah. Gray? Should we be putting face masks on dogs? No, definitely yeah, not. Absolutely not. Um, presumably, for many cause reasons. problems for them. Yes. Yeah. Think, yeah. Obviously, it's very stressful and irritating for the cat or dog. In addition, <laughs> dogs and cats pants to stay cool. Placing a mask yeah. would interfere with this. And really, a big thing in Hong Kong is we have a lot of these brachycephalic, short-nosed breed dogs, um, such as French bulldogs, etc. And that they have enough trouble breathing as it is without a face mask. But actually, going back to the other question I'd just like to clarify is that yes um, we don't have much evidence and that's exactly why um, these animals are being quarantined. The government actually, AFCD, are monitoring these dogs really closely. They are being kept in a very good environment. They have vets looking after them every day. They have um, care staff and it, it is important for us to actually learn more about this disease. But we need also to be put things in perspective that the coronaviruses exist all over the place. There's coronaviruses in dogs and cats. These are very and these cause very different diseases than pneumonias um, and they're, they're alpha viruses. The coronaviruses that cause SARS, that cause MERS, that cause COVID-19 are beta viruses and these cause disease in humans, normally respiratory disease. So yes, I mean, there's lots of coronaviruses, there's lots of, of um, lack of evidence, but all the evidence currently points to what I've just stated, that there's no evidence the dog can transmit it, there's no evidence the dog can get sick. All the evidence points to the fact that infected humans are passing the virus on to the animal. Okay, now I'm just going to put this in very simple terms, and please you just you point out what's, what's wrong with this argument. Yeah. Um, that the... Um, the disease came from animals, so therefore we shouldn't be surprised if animals can spread it and we can share the disease with animals. So why this, why this fuss about whether this dog has got the disease or not? We should expect animals to get it, shouldn't we? Well, it, it depends what, how you um, say that. I mean, we don't know 100% for sure where the disease came from. It's likely from animals, sure. But obviously, the fact that it could end up in in a dog or a cat does not mean that it's going to be infectious. It's normally what they call the dead-end hosts. So basically the virus goes to the animal and it's what we call dead-end and doesn't go anywhere. So I think, yes, I agree. We're sharing, you know, there's coronaviruses everywhere in the world. Um, you know, dogs get it, cats get it, but normally the disease in the dogs is with a different coronavirus and the disease in humans is a, a different type, alpha versus beta. So I think... You know, obviously, I, I'm not a, a virologist, but as a vet, um, I'm far more concerned about humans passing the disease on to me than I am. Uh, you know, I handle dogs and cats every day. I have a dog and two cats at home. Um, I certainly don't feel that I'm in any danger from them. I'm in danger from human-to-human -human transmission. Should you, I mean, but, you know, dogs go out and they snuffle around and everything and they like to get dirty and so on, see where other dogs have been and so on. Uh, can, can they be, even if they're not infected themselves, can they be a vector because they're, you know, getting dirty in that way? 
Well, I think it's highly unlikely um, because, to be honest, the, the vectors tend to be direct transfer of droplets from humans. Um, we don't know, to be honest, how long the virus does stay in the environment. That's still under investigation. Um, the, the chances of this happening is incredibly small. And I think you have to remember as well, even if the dog picked it up, it's not necessarily going to transmit it. Dogs rub their coats on things all the time, sure, but they also lick them. I mean, if, own, if dog owners are truly worried, um, they, um, I don't do this, but of course, if, if you are worried about your pet picking something up from a walk, then of course you can very gently, as advised by Dan, um, Professor Bars at, at City University, you can use basically gentle antiseptic wipes or gentle pet shampoo that's preferably been advised by a vet. How, how about the hand sanitizer that we're all using? Is, is that um, okay to use? You need to be a bit careful with that. Some of the ones with Dettol and things like that in, uh, so it depends on the chemical. Um, there are actually um, pet sanitizers, um, and they're probably much more sensible to use, ones that have actually been designed to use on pets. I'd certainly recommend, to be honest, if you have any concerns with your pet, talk to your vet um, and get information from them. I mean, we're getting a lot of calls at the moment, and obviously we're providing a lot of advice where we can. But, we, you know, people will usually take their shoes off when they come into a house, um, but they let the dog <laughs> walk all over everything. Well, some people do, some people don't. Um, yes, I mean, that's why I'm saying if, if people are concerned, then they can, you know, wipe the feet of their dogs and things. But, um, you know, they have to be careful not to overdo it as well. I know Hong Kong people are great at hygiene, which is one of the great, great things about this, um, this country. Um, but obviously you do need to be careful not to overdo it because you can result in drying of the skin and cracked paws and then you've got a poor doggy with inflamed paws which is not not a good thing now we're only talking about dogs and cats so far you mentioned some cats caught um um caught sars when we had the sars outbreak but i'm assuming there's no reason why it can't spread to other i mean dogs and cats tend to be the mo two most common types of pets yeah. but there's no reason why it shouldn't spread to other pets well it's normally mammalian species that i think the governments are worried about but at the moment there's no evidence um, that the only, there's one case, basically there's, there's been a few animals quarantined, I'm not exactly sure of the number, but there's only been one animal that's actually been found to have um, the virus present on its body. Um, the other animals that have been quarantined from infected people have no evidence um, whatsoever in their nasal, their oral or their fecal swabs. Okay, uh, let me take you off on a slight tangent. You were mentioning um, d earlier that it's a very bad idea to put a face mask on a uh, on a dog because um, it causes breathing problems. Um, I know you're a vet, but um, you, you might still be able to offer some opinion on this. I mean, I continue to see humans, uh, people out running, wearing face masks. Uh, I saw several yesterday. I mean, presumably the same logic applies to humans. That is very if you're if you're breathing fast, it's, it's actually very bad for you to be wearing a face mask. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to comment too much on that. Yeah, but personally myself, I mean, I do run, I do play sport, I go hiking. Um, I certainly, well, I have breathing difficulties, so I'm not going to be wearing a mask if I'm exercising for sure. Of course, and also the other thing is because the mask is getting moist and sweaty, and once the mask actually does get moist and, and then the, the actual mask ceases to work as well. So, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I would personally not not wear a mask when running, but obviously that's an individual choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, are you running a veterinary practice, are you having um, worried um, questions from um, your, your, pay, your clients coming in? Um, um, I mean, yes, definitely.
definitely some. I mean, we're obviously our PR, <laughs> yeah, our, our PR department is um, busy at the moment, and we are always, you know, we're keeping in constant touch with the government and with CityU, and we, we have a group of us that are discussing about the virus all the time, um, and obviously sharing knowledge because it's so important at this stage to share the knowledge because it is such a new disease. And obviously, any information we get, we're basically placing on our website, we're placing on our Facebook, we're trying to keep all our members very up to date. So if anyone wants any information about pets, obviously they can visit our website or our, our Facebook site. And yes, of course, if, if client, we've told, I, I'm constantly in touch with my vets, and obviously there any questions that are being imparted by the general public, we're doing our best to answer them. And obviously allay fears um, and make sure that people do understand the true story behind this, that their pets are not the ones at risk, we're the ones at risk. Uh, yeah, what, what about um, kissing dogs, for example? Some people like to do that. Yeah, Should that I mean, be stopped? Personally, I, I obviously do not like kissing. I have a dog, uh, I, and I don't kiss it. Um, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily, just not because necessarily because of, um, you know, um, catching COVID, but actually, you know, dogs can have, you know, they have dirty teeth, they don't always practice the best dental hygiene. Um, it's not a very hygienic thing to do um, and I personally wouldn't do it um, however is there a massive risk um, that's for the owner to decide really I think. What about dogs in um, tables and, and things like that so you you see this in well, Yeah, well, I certainly in don't recommend that as well I, I mean I, a dog is a dog and a, a cat is a cat for me when um, I take my dog out I do go to some outdoor restaurants where I can take my dog my dog stays on the floor and I, if I'm giving it any food I will feed it on the floor I certainly do not recommend feeding dogs on tables and things it's not not it's not good for it's not a right way to behave for them either um, it's anthropomorphizing them it's making them into children rather than remembering that they're actually dogs and separate bowls and things and plates well, and yeah. You... yeah i mean obviously um like i mean this is just general sensible advice that i would give any pet owner at any time but obviously um, i clean my dog's water bowls and my cat's water bowls twice a day i feed them all from separate bowls and i clean the bowls in between feeding these are all things that are actually more to do with bacterial contamination rather than a, a virus like covid now, but obviously well, it works the same for covid as well and some people i'm i'm sure would suggest i'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll be against this but they'd say well the answer is to, to muzzle dogs and then you, you stop any danger of uh, the dog picking things up um, if, if, they're, if, they're, if they're in a muzzle. No, I, I, personally, I, I wouldn't recommend doing that either because a muzzle, um, unless they're really aggressive, um, I, a muzzle has the same similar effect to a mask. Not quite as bad if it's an open muzzle, but it will still prevent them from opening their mouth, prevent them from breathing properly and could lead to a lot of distress. Um, I think we, you know, going back to the point where the animal is highly unlikely to give it person to human i think they need to concentrate far more on their own personal hygiene and being careful not to contract the disease because the the way that the dog at the moment is getting the diseases from the human being um, and i think we all need to put that into perspective this is i mean this is making big news this is sort of front page news and it's news around the world as well and i've seen this covered in in international news this the, the case, yeah the although case we do have dog. to say i mean the fact that this the, the story that's from hong kong that's going around the world now is about a dog uh, catching coronavirus is, is a sort of reflection of the fact that uh, there haven't been a large number of cases involving humans in, in the past week no i think probably and also let's be honest it's the first one um, and obviously it's 
um, obviously going to create a lot of sensationalism. But this is why I think it's so important that people like myself, people like the veterinarians at City University, the, the government, everybody comes out very clearly that this... In fact, even if the dog is proven to be infected, it doesn't equal contagious. It doesn't equal the dog is sick. Um, and so I, I just hope the media will actually behave in a responsible manner and make sure that they do actually process the facts correctly and not try and sensationalize this by saying the dog is infected, oh my gosh, da, 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 because that's not going to have a positive effect on anything. And, you know, dog owners and pet owners in general hopefully are going to be responsible enough to realize and read um, informed press, not uninformed press. Of course, we don't know what's happening or has happened in China. I mean, if China you've had 80,000 cases, it's quite pos possible that there have been cases of do, animals do infected, and I, I doubt very much that when you're dealing with that many human cases that anyone got round to testing animals in China. No, and of, of course not, and we don't know, and we'll never, you know, we probably never will know, but that's why this case is probably such an interesting case and arising so much um, media interest, but also scientific interest as well. I mean, obviously, we want to learn as much about this disease as we can, and this is why, in fairness to the Agriculture and Fisheries Department, they've been very responsible in doing the testing and looking at, and they're looking after these animals well and make, and using them to obviously prove, and let's be honest, this, there's been a few other animals. I, I'm not, as I say, unfortunately, I'm not exactly sure how many, but there's, there's only one that's actually tested positive. And remember, and we also have to remember it's weekly positive. It's not strongly positive, and there was no evidence in its feces or, um, that it was actually excreting the virus in any way. Okay. But, uh, I mean, uh, cats got SARS, didn't they? Yes, I think, well, they, when you say got it, they, they contracted the virus. But okay. Yes, I think it was eight cats, um, I believe, and one dog last time when they did the testing. Um, but none of these animals got sick and none of them, um, there was no evidence whatsoever that they transmitted it to people. All the evidence there was exactly the same, that the, the infected person had actually transmitted the virus to the, to the cat or the dog. Okay. There's a question from, from Karen. I, I don't know, uh, Dr. Gray, whether you're, uh, this is quite your area or not. But Karen says, uh, is it compulsory that dogs go into quarantine with AFCD if their owners get the virus? Or could a person get an other people to look after the dog if they're hospitalised? Many owners don't want their dogs to go into some awful government kennel and it could put them off reporting their own illness for fear of their dogs getting taken away. It comes from Karen. Do you know, Dr Gray, what the Well, I, I believe that the government advice is yes, that if someone is infected with the disease and is living in the same household as the pet, then that pet will be quarantined. And to be honest, um, the, the, the comments about the terrible environment I think is unfair. Um, you know, I don't believe the environment is a terrible environment. It's like a normal boarding kennels for dogs and they are being in fact it's probably more so because they're being looked after by vets every day and monitored very 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 closely so um whilst i understand it is stressful um you know for a pet um to be put in a boarding kennel so i think we should probably call it boarding kennels um it's not you know it's not a terrible terrible situation and you know if we want to be responsible and learn more about this disease then it's important that we all cooperate in this way okay. and i truly hope it would not put someone off reporting if they're sick they really should go and see a doctor it's really important great well dr gray thank you very much indeed for joining us jane gray the chief veterinary surgeon with the spca and robert thank you very much for those pictures of dogs wearing funny masks uh, much appreciated. Uh, uh, moving on uh, with the time now at uh, four minutes 
to nine. Sharon Chung is a columnist, a former journalist, former colleague of yours. Uh, she's a former colleague of my SCMP, but I mean, I think um, many of our listeners will be um, be more familiar with Sharon Chung. She was the journalist who was told that she was too simple, sometimes naive, <laughs> by former President Jiang Zemin back in, I think, the late 90s. Uh, anyway, uh, she's here to talk about uh, her experience uh, having uh, survived or, or gone through the process of, uh, of uh, quarantine. Ms Chung, good morning to you. Hi, good morning, Danny. Hi, hi. Tell us your story then. Tell us what, what happened to you and uh, uh, this, the question of discrimination and, and the way that people are treated after they leave quarantine. Well, actually, I, I, I make a reservations at the private club. And um, at the first, that they, they are very welcoming and they know that, that I really just uh, disembarked from Diamond Princess. But it's actually I disembarked on January 25th. And that they say, oh, you are very, um, a very responsible person. You quarantine yourself over 30 days, and then now you come out. That we welcome you very much. This is the first day that that, that they they told me. But then the other day, they just come back and send me a message and say that we cannot um, take your reservations because we have a lot of elderly here because the members are, uh, are relatively um, uh, aged. So we we cannot take your reservations. And then I ask for. Why? Why? What's the reason? And then they say, because we have so many um, aged members so that we can take your reservations. So at that time, actually, I'm really shocked because I'm not sick. I quarantined myself for over 30 days. It's actually, I, when I come out um, to have dinner at the club, it's already quarantined for 40 days. It's my first meal outside. Now, so I think... Yeah, so I think some people suggested you should complain to the Equal Opportunities Commission. What, what, what are your thoughts yeah, yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a legislative councillor called me the other day and um, he suggested me to speak to the EOC. Actually, I have already filed a complaint to EOC. And EOC also want me to call them, but I haven't called yet. Maybe call later this afternoon. It's actually my purpose is not to take the club to court because it's just a small incident, it's small things. But my purpose, why I think that that is a, that, that I could I could call, I could talk to you, because I think the similar cases that you may be um, it's coming soon, you will be quite a lot of similar cases like me. No matter those who are, the name are being disclosed by media that they are being quarantined or they are confirmed positive. So that may, they may have the similar treatment like me. Okay. So I think that it's worth to talk to you, at least is to warn the people. I know that um, people are very scared of the virus, but we have to stay calm. Okay, well, Sharon Chung, thank you very much indeed for joining us and, and telling us your story. Economist, former journalist, CEO of Yija uh, Communication. Uh, just come out to the news now at nine. In the second part of the programme, after nine, we're going to be talking about the implications of that uh, High Court ruling on the same-sex couple who applied for public housing. We'll be hearing uh, for and against uh, on the issues of extending those benefits and gay marriage uh, in Hong Kong. The, uh, we'd like to hear from you as well. Drop us a line. The uh, weather, bright periods, a couple of late uh, light rain patches this morning, 18 degrees, the latest readings, and the relative humidity is at 79%. The Democratic Party race for the White House after falling far behind in the party's primaries. Speaking to reporters outside her home in Massachusetts, she said she wouldn't yet endorse another candidate in the contest to take on Donald Trump in November. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Bank Chat on a Friday morning, uh, last one of the week, with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, different issues today. We were talking in the first part of the programme about uh, the case of the dog 
uh, that apparently had contracted uh, COVID-19. And we're also hearing a story from uh, uh, journalist Sharon Chung about uh, how she was treated having left uh, quarantine. Um, for the second part of the programme, uh, between now and 9.30, going to be focusing on um, the uh, the implications of that uh, High Court ruling on uh, the, who can apply for public housing and the implications for legally married same-sex couples. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, just a couple of uh, emails, first of all, on, on different topics. Uh, first of all, this is from um, Andrew F., uh, who says, uh, with the subject line CCP shill, uh, Good morning, Hugh. I'm writing to you from my luxurious suite here at the Beijing Central Liaison Office. I would call into the programme, as you suggested yesterday, but my handlers won't allow it. Other than that, I've got quite a lot of freedom and they do supply all the Qingdao I can drink, which is nice. So guilty as charged as per Matthew's email yesterday. The only thing I'd perhaps take issue with is his continued suggestion that I'm a, quote, new correspondent to Backchat from last summer. In point of fact, as you yourself should be aware, I've been emailing the programme fairly regularly for years now, although I could never compete back then with the likes of the prolific housing estate Brett. Hope he's doing well, by the way. Haven't heard from him a while, I uh, I don't think in quite a while. My emails covered a variety of subjects, but I think that the podcast records will reflect that I wasn't terribly complimentary generally of the DAB or establishment figures. Priscilla Lone was a regular target of my ire. You haven't had her on for quite a while either. Perhaps you could get her on the programme again soon and give me a break. Cheers. Andrew F. does have a good memory for Backchat, doesn't he? I mean, he, he raises uh, listeners who we, like Brett, we haven't heard from in years. Uh, another fan. And Brett, yes. They, 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 yes, they, Brett, do come back. There are various other listeners who Mrs. Lee. And Mrs. Lee, yes. Yeah, Ms. And Ms. Henry, of course. Mrs. Lee, Henry. Uh, Priscilla Lung is one of the many uh, people we invite uh, once a week. And um, we've never had any luck for not, not for about six, uh, six or so months. We do seem to have a lot of listener complaints whenever she comes on, though. That's true. Um, and this is from John, uh, who says... Uh, referring to the first part of the programme. The lady vet said Hong Kong is quite a hygienic place. I disagree. Many refuse bags are left out in the streets. Instead of being placed in suitable containers and also to prevent rats, the streets are dirty. Many people spit in the street and far too many people are sitting around on every corner smoking and walking in the streets and generally smoking in public. Following Singapore or Japan's example of uh, zero tolerance is desperately needed in Hong Kong. That comes uh, from John. Thank you very much in, indeed for that. Uh, once again, if you want to comment, uh, particularly on the debate we're about to uh, embark on, uh, drop us a line, backchat at rthk.hk or comment on our Facebook page. In fact, there is, an, uh, there is a message on our Facebook page uh, from Lee Ma Ma referring to um, uh, the uh, discussion about uh, same-sex couples in Hong Kong and, and that High Court ruling. Uh, I think, to be honest, the best thing to do is to uh, f is for you to read it yourself, uh, because I'd only mangle it uh, in the reading. Uh, it's in quite the long, reading. isn't it? Yes. It's fairly long and it's fairly technical. Um, uh, so you'd have to be a law professor like Danny to <laughs> really understand it. Uh, anyway, it's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3 um, is the uh, Facebook page to to uh, get the uh, full benefit from from that interesting message from uh, Lee Ma Ma. Um, yeah, so we're, we're uh, talking, as I mentioned, uh, about that uh, ruling by the uh, High Court that the uh, policy of the government policy of denying legally married same-sex couples uh, the uh, right to apply for 
public housing or the benefit of public housing uh, is unlawful. That's according to the High Court and unconstitutional. Um, and uh, what are the implications uh, of that for other government services and uh, for uh, gay marriage um, in Hong Kong? Joining us now, we have Jerome Yao, Vice Chair and CEO of Pink Alliance, and Roger Wong from the Family School Sexual Orientation Discrimination Ordinance Concern Group. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Jerome Yao. Let's go to Jerome Yao uh, first. Um, good morning. We, we've now had a series of court judgments, haven't we, over the last year or so on various different issues, on the right of visa rights of, of same-sex uh, couples, on on uh, civil service benefits for se- um, um, same-sex couples, and now we have it on public housing for same-sex couples. Um, uh, do you think the trend is moving in your direction? Uh, I think so. I think that's a very good point. Um, if, you, if we start to look back at all these judicial challenges, what the court has been saying is, you know what, we're not going to tolerate discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. The message is loud and clear, and I think, you know, the, the right thing is on the wall. But these are all sort of tiptoeing around the, around the big issue, the big issue of actually uh, legalization of same-sex marriages in Hong Kong itself, right? Um, uh, Correct. Um, I think the court uh, will get to the issue in due course. As we all know, uh, last year, the court uh, of first instance made a ruling in the MK case, which ruled against the applicant. Now, to the best of my knowledge, I think um, they are preparing an appeal, and I think uh, we just have to wait and see. Okay, so but that that will be the, that will be the real the real crucial test. That, yeah. That's presumably. Is it fair to say that that is your your ultimate goal, isn't it? To yes. Have uh, legal, are these are these are these are these individual cases? They may be important, but they are side issues compared to that. I think every single single uh, issue is important. I mean, obviously, the ultimate goal is to have marriage equality in Hong Kong, but sometimes when we want to get to that ultimate goal, we just have to pass through uh, several stages. So, if I mean, looking from that perspective, then I would say every single case is important. And you're aware that these court judgments, I mean, although they ultimately come down in your favour, although some of them, the earlier ones, didn't in lower courts, but although they come down in your favour, if you actually read them carefully, I don't know if you've read the latest judgment, I mean, not everything in the judgment is in your favour. I mean, in the latest judgment, um, the the judge actually said that um, um, sort of um, upholding um, uh, marriage as referring to the union of one man and one woman could be a legitimate reason for having discrimination. It's just that in this case, the court wasn't convinced and partly wasn't convinced because of the lack of evidence from the government. So uh, the, the judgments may be going your way, but some of the, what the judges are saying is, is, still, is still not entirely favourable to you. I think that's not a surprise. I mean, obviously, you know, there was a case in front of, of the judge and the judge was required to rule according to the evidence in front of him. And obviously, you know, one could argue certain, I guess, things that he said may not be quite favourable, but I think that's, that's all to be expected. And all I can say is when we so go through the process, and obviously I expect that the case will go all the way to the Court of Final Appeal, I'm referring to the MK case then, then I'll be obviously then uh, we'll, we'll see, if, uh, I guess, um, those arguments will be better, better argue uh, in front of the uh, judges, and I, I guess we just have to wait and see. Okay, let's bring in uh, Roger Wong. Roger Wong is um, from the Family School Sexual Orientation Discrimination Ordinance Concern Group. Good, good morning, Mr. Wong. Thank you for joining us. What is your reaction to this uh, latest judgment? Uh, <clears throat> I think um, this is a very disappointing judgment because um, it is contrary to what uh, they are saying. 
it is violating the basic law. It's violating the, the human rights. Uh, this is not an acceptable judgment. And also, I think the... Uh, so the how, is it, how is it violating the basic law? And uh, how is it violating human law, rights? The, the basic law, uh, according to Article 39, it says that the Hong Kong government should continue to to honour the, the, the human rights continent. Uh, uh, the human rights continent is talking about... Um, the, I mean... I mean, the freedom of conscience. But also because talking about the right to equality. This was mentioned in the judgment a lot, the right to equality. And um, uh, you can argue that um, same-sex couples are, and, are not enjoying the right to equality. Right to equality is very big in basic I law and the, human rights covenants. Equality, uh, I think you have the misconception about equality. According to the human rights confidence, equality is only mandate upon the things that are... are, are explicitly say are set in the confident, such as the right of freedom, seek freedom of speech, right of uh, survival, things like that. Uh, the housing, the housing uh, benefit uh, is, I think you have to understand the basic concept, the basic uh, 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 I, uh, idea behind the original housing, uh, housing concept. Uh, in the original uh, uh, policy, the, house, the housing is uh, favoring uh, the application from families. We are talking about families. Family is defined explicitly by the, the construction based on the marriage system. The marriage system is based on one man and one woman, uh, one woman uh, which is... Uh, under the current Hong Kong marriage law. If anything is not established, if any family is not established, I, I would say, if any group of people living together is not uh, established according to the marriage system in Hong Kong, in government system, this should not be counted as family. Aren't families, okay. sorry, I'm sorry, aren't families different? You can have a, you can have a, a single parent family with children. You could have a mother with children. That would be a family. But that's wouldn't it? also this. This also the the, the base of the marriage system because just single mother or single father is before before the mother or father die is still the marriage system. Okay, so uh, besides the 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 uh, the front, no, I'm uh, afraid no. family members. I'm talking about two persons. Two persons that are locked up related uh, family matter before. Only if, if they are conducted by the marriage system, we should consider them as family members. Okay? This is family value. Okay? We should not violate that. I think the court is, is wrong, is incorrect in pushing their values to the society. The court should. Judge based uh, well, on no, no, the, the point, Mr. Wong. Surely yeah. the point would be that you could have all kinds of families. You can have families, and you can have families no. with children. You can no. have families without no. children. No, you can have families should. Let me finish. Hmm. Families should only be considered under 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 the marriage system. Okay. Uh, of course, 
people. The, I mean, there's I also the question of what if what if they're married uh, overseas? You, normally, you would recognise that marriage uh, when they come to Hong Kong. Why would it be the different? The marriage overseas that are co- coming to Hong Kong, based on the current marriage system in Hong Kong, the current marriage system is recognising overseas marriage of one man and one woman. So this could also become a recognised marriage in Hong Kong marriage system. Okay, but overseas homosexual so-called marriage is not marriage. That is very clear to me. You're saying the court is trying to push its values on um, on Hong Kong? On but, the society. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's really not clear in uh, recent opinion polls about what, what society views are. In. First of all, there's one issue is whether um, uh, that kind of issues of uh, what society thinks should uh, be taken into account in, in court judgments anyway. But um, if you look at recent opinion polls, uh, there's certainly been uh, there's, there's much greater support for same-sex marriage in Hong Kong than in the past. I think I think it's not a matter of I, I'm not talking about the, the opinion of other people. Firstly, whether the survey is is accurate is a matter of concern, a, a matter of discussion. I I don't think you should use that as a, a kind of uh, 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 argument. It's because even though 51 percent people think that is correct, it doesn't mean it's correct. Okay. Uh, but hang on, you just talking about... A lot. It depends on, what, on the, on the, on the rest of them, OK? What do you mean the society... So you mean the majority of people could be wrong about this? If majority of people support... Um, if... I'm not saying it's true, but if the majority of people now in Hong Kong now support uh, same-sex marriage, you say, so you'll say they're, they're wrong and that should still be rejected, yes? I, yeah, of course. Of course. Because marriage is marriage. Marriage is between one, one man and one woman. This should never be changed. Even though 99% or I'm, even though 99.9% supports same-sex marriage, I will not support that. I will not say that this is correct. Okay? If one, one day all the people say that one plus one is, is zero, I will not say it's correct. One plus one is you always two. Okay? J- Jerome Yao uh, from, from the Pink Alliance. Um, uh, I mean, as Mr. Wong said, this is the, the, uh, at the moment the legal's you know standing is that um, marriage has to be, be between a man and a woman uh, in Hong Kong. Um, isn't it rather dishonest to try and change that uh, in this kind of indirect way? As you, as you said yourself, you're, you're aiming to do. If you want to change the law, change the law. If you don't, but as the law stands, that's what marriage is, and we should we should recognise that and and. Uh, conduct our business and arrange our, our administration accordingly. Oh, I, I think one, uh, you... one, one point. I'm sorry. One point. Uh, just one short point. I want to make is that because all the government's uh, resources is from Hong Kong people, I think the government. Uh, I think the court is forcing the government to force everybody involved in something that endorses same-sex relationship, which is something violating human rights. We are talking about the freedom of conscience. Okay. Let, let, if somebody pushing uh, some, someone else to, to do some, something against his own belief or values is, is not, uh, it's violating uh, the human rights. It's not common. You're, you're not being forced to marry a man, Mr. Wong. Pardon? You're, you're not being forced to marry a man. Um, somebody else... But I'm being forced to use my tax money money to, to sponsor someone, someone else's same-sex uh, uh, living style. 
Okay. Mr. Yao? Uh, a few points. So it's nothing dishonest about all these things. I mean, we've, we're doing things very out in the open, you know. The court process, obviously, is very open. There's nothing dishonest about it. And, and obviously... I'm not talking about honesty. Uh, I, please allow me to finish, talk? Mr. Wong. No, I think that was my question, okay, no Mr. Problem, Wong. No problem, no problem, no problem. So first of all, nothing is dishonest about the process. Uh, I mean, secondly, okay, okay, I, okay. It's it's indirect. I don't know about dishonest. I mean, it's dishonest in the sense that it's indirect. The the point being that um, Mr. Wong is, is is correct. This is the law as it stands at the moment. If you want to change the law, you change the law. But but by trying to get at it through these administrative nibbling away at it through administrative loopholes, that uh, is you know. Perhaps that's not the most honest, open way to do it. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so, Mr. Wong. Can you wait, please, Mr. Yao? Carry on. Oh, sorry. Because now, I, I think we're... that is a loophole, but I don't think so. This is a mistake. Okay. Okay, Mr. Wong. Thank you. Thank okay. you, Mr. Yao. Okay. All right. So we need to look at the questions from uh, two angles. First of all, I mean, obviously, uh, there is a case challenging the very core of the questions about the legal recognition of same-sex relationships. That's before the courts, and we just have to see what the outcome would be, the, the next step uh, would be like. But, I mean, going down to some technicalities, I mean, obviously, um, I mean, there, there are many things that, that uh, I mean, marriage is just not, uh, I think one way to look into it is marriage is beyond the uh, the word marriage itself it also entails all these rights and responsibilities and obviously we have seen a situation where we have people marry overseas i'm talking about same-sex couples they are now in hong kong and because that their status is not recognized and they are uh, being treated unfairly or disadvantaged uh, in that regard so it is perfectly fine and proper for them to challenge this differential treatment uh, uh, in the courts. And uh, just one thing I want like to point out is uh, the Court of Final uh, Appeal held in the QT case, and I quote, where a person is subjected to differential treatment on any of the suspected grounds, including sexual orientation, the government's margin of discretion is much narrowed. Sorry, I, I don't think this is a differential treatment because it's different. This is not marriage, okay? <laughs> It is. It is what it is. You don't. You don't have to agree. But the fact is, this is what the court has said. And and I think for I mean, most. So I think we, it we doesn't take a rocket scientist to appreciate that there's okay. indeed a differential treatment. So I mean, no, you don't need to agree. But that's you are entitled to your opinion. But I think uh, most oh, yeah, people yeah, would let, agree. Let's pick up on that, Jerome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Roger. Roger. Roger well, wait. Just wait a moment. Yeah. Um, it, Jerome Yao, you said um, Mr. Wong is entitled to his opinion. Would you go further than that? Do you understand the concerns of people like Roger Wong and indeed the Catholic Church in Hong Kong? And they look at some of these cases in America, for instance, where people who had religi religious objections to uh, making a wedding cake for a same-sex couple have been uh, taken to court. Um, um, please wait, um, Mr. Wong. Jerome Yao, do you understand the concerns of people like Roger Wong and the Catholic Church? No. We appreciate the concerns, and I think if we look at jurisdictions where same-sex marriage is legal, I mean, churches are not forced to perform same-sex marriage I mean, in, in, in their congregations or whatnot. Uh, I mean, their, their freedom of uh, religion is fully uh, respected. What we're talking here is a civil marriage. It's not about religious marriage. I know sometimes people conflate between the two, but at the end of the day, we are talking about a civil marriage. So, I mean, then that's also what the law uh, provides for. And I mean, quite frankly, in Hong Kong, I mean, people t keep talking about traditional marriage and, you know, but the fact of the matter is Chinese customary marriage 
was recognized, legally recognized until 1971. And what does that mean? That means in the past, according to Chinese customary marriage, a husband can have more than one wife. That's a fact. That's history. So let, let's be honest about what we're talking about here. Um, yes, and that, for, that point has come up in some court cases, hasn't it? That uh, marriage they, in Hong Kong has not always been defined solely in terms of one man and one woman. Precisely. And I mean, if you look back the history of humankind, I mean, what does marriage mean? I mean, throughout the, the history of humankind, it, it keeps on changing. It, it's, it's, it's nothing is set in stone. And I mean, quite frankly, and then the other thing is we look at um, places where uh, recognize uh, same-sex marriage. The sky hasn't fallen. I mean, things still going on as as per usual, and the institution of traditional mar- uh, the institution of marriage remains strong. So, I mean, we're not. I mean, one thing I keep hearing is all these naysayers are basically uh, fear mongering in the sense of saying that oh, if we legalize this, we could see doom and gloom. But that's not the case. And so, I mean, let's be honest. All right, here's, here's some uh, thoughts from listeners. Thank you very much indeed. On our Facebook page, uh, Tammy says, the Hong Kong government has not yet legalised same-sex marriage. Same-sex couples who married overseas should be treated as unmarried under Hong Kong law, as unmarried heterosexual couples are not entitled to the same benefits and welfare of married couples in Hong Kong. Uh, why should same-sex couples who married overseas have those benefits and welfare? That's uh, from Tammy. Uh, and... Uh, Paul says, on single-parent families, Hugh, your point is terrible. It takes a man and a woman to start a family, and single-parent families are usually a very bad thing and should not be encouraged as an option. All this is cheapening marriage. That comes from uh, Paul. And uh, Jay says, uh, okay, this is a, a message from Jay who says, the media is making the whole situation, making me think, if I'm not gay, I'm not going to get on in life, and not get public housing, being a regular person of Hong Kong, not gay, I am fed up with my kid being brainwashed about being gay and having gay programmes on the television, gay scenes, kissing amongst gays. Please keep your private life yourself. And the more gay judges will will have, the stronger the gay community will become. Man was made as man and woman as woman, to breed and keep the human race going, not indulge in self-satisfaction. That comes from Jay. Uh, Roger Wong, do you want to speak? Mr. Wong? Uh, Yeah, I think think, um, uh, the court has misunderstood the concept of equality as well as the concept of the, the public welfare. Because in every public welfare, um, um, I think there should be a, a, a value behind it. The value is should be something that uh, should be agreed by the society. For example, in the in the Hong in Hong Kong, there's some uh, 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 welfare benefit for old people, so that uh, whenever you reach a certain age, uh, every month you have to subsidy from the government. This is conveying a value of respecting the, the elder, elder people. Okay, for the for the public housing uh, uh, policy before the judgment, is talking about respecting and recognizing the family that are set up by the marriage system. But the court has overruled this this value behind the, the public welfare. This is not a good thing because the the court should should not play the role of changing the culture and the value of the society. This is not a, not the right thing for the courts to do. 
But you already so, said the value of society is not is not what most people think in Hong Kong. You already said uh, that uh, even if ninety nine percent of uh, Hong Kong people supported same sex marriage, you would still oppose it, Mr. Wong. Okay, okay. Family should always between one man, one one man and one woman. This is the universal value. So who okay. who decides even value? Though, even though many people think that this is. But 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 in China but in China it used to be otherwise there used to be multiple wives until and I, I, I even have, in Hong already, Kong sometimes I have yeah. already report, repeat myself that it's not that more more people remains true remains correct okay no you said it the was universal original, you, I mean you said it was universal but yeah sure this is the universal value for the for for the whole whole world. So who decides? But but except one China. Man and one woman. This is not except China. Not except China. Because because somebody is doing something wrong doesn't mean this is correct. Okay. You, so when you say universally true, you mean it should be universally true. You don't mean that it is universally true. Of course, when when is is universal universally correct? Okay. Okay. Sorry for my wrong word. Okay. Okay. Okay, um, let's just go back to uh, Jerome Yao. Jerome Yao, should we expect more court cases? Uh, yes, we. I, as far as I know, there are other court cases. Uh, what I kind of one, issues? Uh, one issue is uh, quite similar to uh, the Ingfinger case. It's concerning uh, uh, the home ownership schemes, and I know there's a case in, uh, regarding inheritance. So, you know, I mean... Uh, I guess, uh, you know, it's going to be very, very interesting down the road as to see how the court uh, will rule. And just one thing I would like to bring up. I mean, we know we talk about values and, and all these things. I mean, what are the values? What are the core values that people in Hong Kong treasure? We are talking about equality, dignity, fairness, harmony and respect. And I have to make it very clear marriage equality flows from these values. I mean, to say otherwise, I think it's, it's rather uh, dishonest to the meaning of these uh, of, uh, words. All right, one, one more email I'd like you to respond to. This is from S, who says, uh, if the same-sex couple gets married in Canada, they can stay there, but don't impose these values in a foreign country. Obey the law in Hong Kong. I don't want the young especially to be exposed to all this in Hong Kong. That comes from S. What? you want to say to us, Mr. Yao? Mm, very interesting. I'm not sure why when, when there's an imposing value. It's not about imposing value. It's about, as a society, what we think of how we treat uh, all these, uh, I mean, how to, how to treat our LGBT uh, citizens. I mean, the law says, you know, uh, they should be treated uh, uh, equally before the law, and if they're not treated equally, then we, we have to change it either by the by the government. If the government is not doing anything, then the courts uh, have to step in. Simple as that. There's nothing fancy or foreign. I mean, this is what uh, this is our legal system. You know, it has been going on for years and years. It's nothing new. It's nothing foreign. Okay, uh, a couple more comments to finish off. Then uh, this is from. Uh, someone who signs himself not gay but respects individual choices and freedoms. Uh, the person says this argument is irrelevant. The court's job is to interpret the law. So in the case of same-sex rules and law, the courts must enforce and interpret the law. Stop talking to this racist, sexist, homophobe. 
Uh, thanks very much indeed for that message. Thank you very much indeed to, to our guests today. Uh, thank you to uh, Roger Wong from the Family School Sexual Orientation Discrimination Ordinance Concern Group and to Jerome Yao, Vice Chair and CEO of Pink Alliance. One more email uh, on a different topic. Uh, this is from John Kowloon, uh, who says, As your recent news headlines confirmed, there remains much confusion regarding Thailand's policy for visitors from Hong Kong if indeed Thailand does decide to impose a 14-day home quarantine and visitors from six areas, including Hong Kong, it begs the question as to why the list doesn't include a slew of other countries such as USA, Germany, France, to name but a few, whose recent number of new C-19 cases dwarf Hong Kong's relatively paltry numbers. That point made by uh, John Kowloon. Thank you very much indeed for that. Danny, many thanks to you. And uh, here's the prospects for the weather today and over the weekend. Bright periods with a couple of light rain patches this morning. Temperatures up to about 21 degrees during the day. Moderate to fresh winds. Occasionally strong offshore at first in the outlook. Warm and then there'll be coastal fog in the morning and at night in the next couple of days. Slightly cool in the middle of next week. 18 degrees now and the relative humidity is at 77%. To prevent the spread of disease, make sure all drainage traps contain water. Pour half a liter of water into each drain outlet every week. Check sinks, baths, toilets, and floor drain outlets regularly. If drainage pipes are leaking or blocked, or drain outlets emit a foul smell, arrange prompt inspection and repair by a qualified person. Don't alter drains and pipes on your own. Visit chp.gov.hk for details. 932, the news now with Samantha Butler. The Federation of Trade Unions says it hopes the government will soon arrange more chartered flights to bring back Hong Kong people stranded in Hubei. The government has evacuated 469 people over the past two days and estimated another 3,500 remain in the virus-stricken province. FTU lawmaker Alice Mack says the government needs to work out how some of the stranded residents can reach the airport. A ceasefire has come into force in the northwestern Syrian province of Idlib. It was agreed during lengthy talks in Moscow between President Vladimir Putin and his Turkish counterpart Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Other measures were agreed, including joint patrols and a safety corridor in Idlib. And scientists say this winter in Europe has been the warmest on record by far. Data from the European Union's Copernicus satellite shows the average temperature was almost 1.4 degrees Celsius higher than the previous record. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer and Interpreter of Beethoven. As well. Oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, it's not really for cats. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decide of what's happening behind the lift. Good morning. Inter- interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Welcome to Friday with a Y, because we're getting back into the kitchen today. Great to be back with you. I'm Phil Whelan, and it's zero expense. Morning Brew welcomes back Chef Neil Tomes. Right? That's at 10.10 today. Neil has not been on the show for ages and ages, because he's been busy having a life. We're going to visit him in a kitchen in deepest Lang Kwai Fong, I think, for some top scousery and, of course, a few food tips. After 11 going to meet Ryan Marler, the drummer from an alternative rock trio called Cult Head. 
he wants to <laughs> he wants to invite you to Burger Revolution. It's a gig happening tomorrow night at the Aftermath Bar. Features a bunch of Hong Kong's finest, including Junk, in an all-new music night. After 12, it's Friday, so we're off to the movies with James Marsh, The Call of the Wild, The Platform, Jexy, and Impetigore. Join us throughout the morning on Facebook Live if you can. Morning Brews the page.